Rabbit season. Moth season. Rabbit season. Moth season. Rabbit season. <laughs> Welcome once again to another wacky and zany episode of Indie Comics. I am your host, Jeff, and I'm pretty sure you've heard me a time or two on the Grand Geek Gathering, on many a spot, and just whatever th other shows you've had the pleasure of listening to. Today is August 26, 2015, and let us just see who else is with me here on this fine day. Hey guys, this is Corona from XBG, here joining Jeff for today. Thank you for being here with us, Michael, and without further ado, let us broaden your horizons now when visiting your local comic shop with another dose of Indie Comics with Jeff. Now, for selected comics for the week of August 26, 2015, from 2000 AD, we have Acula Number 5, done by Gordon Rennie and Lee Gallagher. Now, after vanquishing the Egyptian spell queen and a golem, Acula seeks to taunt Jupiter within Rome itself while allies search the underbelly for wolf god hunters. Emperor Nero, so nigh on close to attaining godhood, is just one thing to do to sacrifice a god's head to make the transformation. The only problem is, it's Acula's head that he needs. Get it all in this final issue of this five-issue storyline. And from Archie, we have Sonic Universe number 79 by Evan Stanley and Jim Amash. Within the return of Silver the Hedgehog in the beginning of this all-new storyline, reality-warping freaks known as the Genesis Portals are pulling Silver and Sonic into ever-increasing levels of danger for both speedsters. The issue has both a Stanley variant cover as well as one provided by Sega itself. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to ask you. There is literally something called a Silver the Hedgehog. Yeah, Silver the Hedgehog. He's actually one of the other characters that is with Sonic. I mean, he has a whole class of characters that's with him, and there's one called is, Silver the Hedgehog. Is this new, or have I just been out of the Sonic the Hedgehog I think, loop? I think, I think it's a more recent thing. I want to say, like, when, within the last few years or something. I don't keep up too much within the Sonic universe myself, but yeah, he is a character. Oh, yeah. First we got Sonic, now we got Shadow, now we got Silver. Okay, it's what, what's it's next? Exact, it's exactly why I would I would actually splurge and get the uh, Sega, Sega variant myself, because it shows him right on there and it's such a beautiful cover oh god it really is <laughs> it's just awesome and from dynamite we have john carter warlord of mars number 10 by ron mars and ariel medell carter and dejathoris are lost among the martian wastes leaving it to their friend tars tarkas to go seek them out what he finds along the way though may be even too much for him to take on as this latest adaptation of edgar rice burroughs's famous saga continues from image we have covenant number three by rob liefeld and matt horak an invasion of the capital of the Philistines goes wrong for Samuel and his followers in this latest installment of the Picts of Dagon storyline. And from Yen, we have Spice and Wolf Volume 15 by Isuna Hasekura and Keto Kume. Lawrence and his entourage head for a town led by the Dibao Company in order to find the rumored Miyuri mercenary band. But when they get there, they find that everything is just easy-peasy and the town is just nice and pleasant and serene. Is that all, or is there some, or is there something more to this? Okay. Something is definitely wrong, but is there? We don't know. Find out in these pages of Spice and Wolf, Volume 15. Question. Is that Spice and Wolf a comic book, or is that Spice and Wolf the manga? It's a manga. It's okay, a, it's good, because I was, wait, I, was, I was getting confused there. I was like, because I know the manga, but... No, no, like... yeah, it's, it's a manga. I'm just, I'm just kind of changing it up. I tend to do a whole lot more of American comics usually in my picks, and I thought I'd mix it up and have an anime Spice, in there I think the time. anime's on Netflix, too. Yeah. So, there we go. And there are your picks for this week. And we are on to our Blast from the Past, reviewing an oldie, maybe, but goodie. And in this case, it is definitely an oldie. We are looking at The Tick. Now, this was a series featuring the titular character, The Tick, and his superhero exploits alongside his mascot-like sidekick, Arthur, 
which of course we all know to be a moth, although some people, especially among my guests here today, thinks that they that he was a rabbit. He is a rabbit. He is not a rabbit. No, he is a rabbit. What is your entire thing going on with this? The Why guy bounces a like a rabbit, okay? Well, he may bounce like a rabbit, but he is a moth. But he's bouncing. Those are not ears. Those were antennas. Didn't look like ears. Well, okay. Anyway, the conception for the character started earlier when cartoonist Ben Edlin created the Tick as a mascot-like character for the newsletter New England Comics. But eventually, he was commissioned by the company to make a black-and-white comic book culminating in the series, which started in June 1988. Now, in all, the series lasted about 12 issues in total but it also included a Zudo edition that was released in January of 2000. And it's called a Zudo edition because while it is considered part of the Tick series that lasted from 1988 to 1993, the last issue, which was 13, was not written by Edlund himself. But the story-wise, the plot focuses on the Tick's adventures with his moth sidekick, and we know he is a moth, uh, Arthur. No, rabbit sidekick. Oh, I see now. I see how it is. Anyway... He's alongside his sidekick, Arthur, battling ridiculous and, in most cases, very absurd supervillains who are just parodies of established and well-known supervillains of other universes. So especially stupider villains, then? Pretty much absurd in the sense that they're either totally overpowered or you can clearly see the resemblance between these characters and ones that are in DC or Marvel. So, yeah, the series itself is very much a parody of comics of the time, and that is probably what made it so effective in the five years that it did exist as an ongoing because you had, in that time, it was almost like the real heyday of modern comics and trying to revamp the entire superhero genre. And when you have someone like this that's making a parody of what exists right there, I think you have a new kind of little subtext from which to make a successful series and you know it's become a cult classic and it's become very much a mainstay of nerddom nowadays now eventually the series came to an end in 1993 but within a year an adaptation to television came on for fox network lasting for three fun-filled seasons and of course i'm just gonna have to say right now the best episode of that whole fox series was the tick versus the uncommon cold that was just the most hilarious one right there. Look, I will admit, I do remember that when I was younger. It was very funny. Very funny. I, I mean, will give come it on. that. I mean, well, and probably one of the grossest ever when you, oh, spoiler alert, when he actually has to take in the uh, mucus clone of himself oh. and actually suck him up into his oh, nose and everything God, for a dude, moment. Oh, God, dude, don't. And he's going God. like, God, hold it. And finally just sneezes Great. him back out into the other dimension. Uh, damn it. Now I'm not going to have nightmares. <laughs> oh, dude. But anyway, it's all good and humorous. And, you know, <laughs> three three fun-filled seasons. And for something like Fox, that's really saying something, considering that it has the reputation that it has for being the like, one-season holder of shows. Basically being a buzzkill. Exactly. Exactly. So something like this was great. And, of course, there was also a very short-lived live-action television series for The Tick as well that came to Fox. Unfortunately... You didn't have to worry too much because it only lasted one season, and that season that it did exist was only nine episodes. So, oh, well, that's like I said, very short lived. Typical Fox, anyway. Exactly, typical Fox. But there's been plenty of other adaptations of this comic over over the years too, and many merchandise opportunities eventually came to the tradition of this beloved character. You had a beat 'em up type video game that was made for Sega Genesis, which was very popular back in, back in the day. Wasn't there an arcade version too? I think there was an arcade version, but I I never saw it. I mean, of all the arcades that I've ever been at, I never saw it once anywhere. I think I might have saw one. I mean, I know I still grew up with during the, like, maybe the last uh, age of uh, arcades. Right, yeah, yeah. 
Well, you're lucky because I never actually saw it, and I always wanted to try it so so badly. Well, actually, when it, I mean, since I, I mean, since I couldn't have my own console, like at the time it was a 64. Sure. Uh, you know, the best, the best thing for me was mostly their arcade, and that was usually at the mall, which wasn't too far from my house. Hey, that's cool. Well, it's good you found that because today I still can't find it. I still <laughs> frequent arcades every so often, still can't seem to find it. So, but then again, I'm always hopeful that I will. In addition to that Genesis game, it's also spawned action figures, stickers, pogs, t-shirts, hats, costumes. And even for a time, I believe it was in the late 90s, some fast food chains such as Taco Bell even had tick giveaways. Oh, which, I remember those. Which were, which were pretty cute, actually. And there would be numerous other appearances and crossovers for the tick as well. It wasn't limited to just that particular 12-issue um, ongoing from those five years. But it eventually... The title character had his due in many rewards and accolades. For instance, he was ranked as the 187th superhero of all time by Wizard Magazine. He's also ranked as the 28th greatest comic book character of all time by Empire Magazine. And he's ranked 57th top comic character of all time by IGN. But the entirety of the 12-issue series itself can be found in a compendium edition called The Tick, The Complete Edland. Now, it's in black and white format with 424 total pages and includes an eight, a new eight-page storyline, and it was published in 2011, so it's, it's relatively recent. Oh, okay. And available for you to get if you know you're looking for compendiums. And, of course, if anybody knows me, I highly recommend compendiums and uh, collected editions because those tend to get you a lot of rare comics that normally you won't be able to find otherwise. So definitely go out there and get this. The Tick, The Complete Edland, it is called. And if you're not too picky about having non-colors, it's just black and white, but sometimes those make for the better comics, which is, it, which is right on par in my opinion. So go out there and get it. But that is what The Tick was from 1988 to 1993. Definitely has a lasting impact still even to today, I think. With his rabbit companion. Moth companion. Rabbit. Moth companion. Yeah, that's a rabbit. Yeah, that's a moth. <laughs> Moving along to our artist spotlight, who dat? We are looking at Ben Edlund today. Now, he is best known as the writer and artist most famously known for his creation, The Tick. Now, he created this satirical superhero while still in high school. And when he brought his creation to New England Comics, a comic book shop as well as a publisher, they were so impressed that they immediately commissioned him to do a black and white series based on this character, which is something that doesn't happen all too often, especially when you're still a kid relatively in making in making a world like this but from there from 1988 to 1993 the series of the tick came to be spawning a genre of parody superheroes that still last to this day but one interesting fact about this book is that it took him almost 18 months just to develop the first issue in of itself alone i mean that's a year and a half right there for something that's a comic book that's like what 20 30 pages i mean that's a lot of work so he definitely put his heart and soul into this project now, The Tick was such a hit that even as he was developing this while he was still in college, he was getting offers for merchandising deals for his character by Kitscom as well as even getting deals for animated renditions from Sunbow Entertainment. Now, it's the deals for the animated rendition from Sunbow that eventually the latter came to be the animated version of The Tick for Fox. But of course, when they first pitched the idea, Fox wasn't exactly willing to take them on, so they kind of had to change some things up. But eventually they got it through, and, you know, we have three good seasons to prove it now. Now, his career in screenwriting is most noteworthy as well. Of course, he was on the tick, you know, as a co-producer and writer for many of the episodes, so he was there in that capacity. 
but he's done other things as well. He has teamed up, for instance, with Lisa and Eric Hammer on the film Crawley, as well as later again on the adventure on the Venture Brothers, which amazingly, not too many people realize, is inspired from The Tick. The Tick was the inspiration for the Venture Brothers, which is one of the best darn shows that um, Adult Swim has ever had, in my opinion. Uh, well, I can't say that you know it's best Adult Swim shows ever, especially considering I've never not really even s- top ten. No, maybe I'm just saying this just to spite you, really. Oh. Yeah, you must have been into Frisky Dingo more, probably, for all we know. You know, it's sad to say, I have not been able to watch too much Adult Swim. <laughs> well, I've been okay. I've been more busy with many other things, but I will actually try and check this out just so I can, uh, I guess you could say, better understand well, I as, can... as, as, you, as you've been explaining it to me. Yeah. Well, I definitely tell you right now, once you see Venture Brothers, you'll start to look... Back and then you start to say, "Oh, I see where the inspiration is." You'll you'll spot it. And a mile then I'll away. probably come back and probably come up with some random other stuff just to piss you off about how that show is also just as weird and how this probably this other guy is probably also a rabbit as well. Yeah, you'll probably find your rabbit there, and I'll just come back and say that it was a moth, like he always is. It's a moth. No, it's a <laughs> rabbit. Yeah, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Edlin was also employed by Joss Whedon to work on Firefly as well as Angel, and he even cited Whedon as a major inspiration on his ability to write successful storylines. So just okay. the fact that you know he got to have experience under Whedon himself shows that this is someone who's destined for some great things here. Now, he created characters for Whedon's web series called Dr. Horrible's Sing-Along Blog. Wait, it was also. Seriously, he was part of that? He was part of that, yeah. He wrote some of the characters for that, and some of these were ones that Whedon, to this day, is still very praiseworthy of. Oh, wow. And he was also a co-executive producer on the show Point Pleasant. Now, he also worked on an episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, a sometime writer and director for the TV series Supernatural, most specifically between seasons two and eight. But he eventually was off of that when he joined the writing cast of the new series Revolution in 2013. Uh, that show didn't last very it long. It didn't though. last too long, unfortunately. But it's unfor- still a good show, though. It was still a great show. Don't get me wrong. Even the stuff that I did see of it, I haven't seen it all the way through yet. I think it was very... It, it had a lot of potential. And it probably just it was probably ahead of its time, too. I think it was really don't ahead you, of its time. Don't you hate that? When a it, show seems like it is ahead of its time, somehow they just cut it. And I'm it like, does. seriously, guys? You're cutting, up, you're cutting a very good show here. You're pissing off a lot of fans here. Exactly. And never to be... Never to be outdone or just, you know, finally retire or something. He eventually jumps off that to where he is on his current project, and he currently does some contributions and work and writing for Gotham as of most recently. Oh. And he's and he's still doing that right now, I believe. Well, I'm interested So to he def- see how he does that because I am a big fan of, of Gotham. Exactly, and I love the show too. So you can definitely see he's never one to just lay on his laurels and just do whatever, and he's still kicking it. Now, if he can only please us by doing an actual Tick movie, then I will be really happy. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for tuning in. You can check out our other shows and offerings on iTunes and Podbean.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Send any comments, questions, or requests to grandgeekgathering at gmail.com. To stay updated on our network, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch TV. So come on and join the gathering. This show has been brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering Network. Have a great weekend. GGG! It was a moth. Rabbits. Moth. Rabbits. Moth. Rabbits. Moth. Rabbits.